We're back from vacation with another episode of Power. What's up, world? You are now listening to another episode of the Power Post Game Report, where we talk all things power. We are here to discuss episode nine, Trust of Book Four. Force. I, of course, am one half of your host, Triple D, and with me, as always, is this is Carlos D. How you doing, sir? I can't complain, man. Well rested and refreshed. Indeed. Uh, for those of you who've been kicking with us, we didn't forget you, y'all. Your boys had to take a little, uh, little PTO, and uh, we we went abroad, and uh, we back. We back to discuss the penultimate episode of this season. Any thoughts on this one? Like, uh, like just raw thoughts before we dive in? Uh, I'm no, no, no. This was a pretty good episode for the most part. Um, they had some silly shenanigans to it. Um, but I, I, I like this episode. I'm especially like getting to really into this Flynn um family. I think they already had the majority of the episodes, and uh, um, their scenes were a lot longer than how this this uh, show usually goes. I feel like a uh-huh. lot of the scenes are really like fast paced, fast paced, fast paced. But they really let them kind of breathe in some of these scenes. Um, so I thought it was a pretty good episode to set up the season finale. What you what are your initial thoughts? I agree. Um, I had to I had to put myself in that mind frame of we've made of making peace with the pacing and you know decision making because you know they this thing ran like like last like the next episode could very well be the last of the series. Um, the way they jumped a whole lot of uh, ground that, you know, had they been given prior knowledge would have been great to draw out a little more. So I'm real interested to see how this second season goes, because I feel like they're about to close a ton of chapters with this next episode. Um, and sadly, I think they're going to kill off some people that we've come to love uh, and enjoy seeing in this series mm-hmm. so far. Yeah, and we'll we'll get to it when we get to the end of the episode, but I really think this episode could have been a good final episode to set up a long-term plot for yeah, for season indeed. two. Indeed. Like, I don't know how how hard it is to do that sort of thing. I'm pretty sure there's a ton of uh, legal stuff and paperwork and everything. But once I get the, I don't know, like, I, I you know, in a perfect world, you, you could, you know, film one or two different, like, finales and leave one open-ended just in case and you know leave and in another one that's more of a bookend in case you don't get the go-ahead but um yeah this would be this would actually be a pretty good stopping point uh and you know obviously you can't renege after you already announced that you got 10 episodes but this would be a, a good stopping point and then you spend the second season or at least the first half of the second season covering the war. Yeah. And, it, you know, at least making it drawn out because the way this, this happened, the way that everything fell into place with this, I feel like next week is going to be just all all gas, no breaks, mm-hmm. just, you know, action and shenanigans along the way. Yeah. And, we, and you know, we speculating on this, but uh, that was my thoughts exactly. I was like, it would have been great if they would have ended the season with the flames like, we're going to war. But now it seems like they're going to pack the entire war. And they may not. They may have a way to finesse it and make it play out longer. But I feel like they're going to pack the entire war into this one episode when... And I don't want it to drag it out forever, but I really think they could have had a two, three, four episodes into next season where the war really kind of peaks. They go through some ups and downs instead of trying to cram it all down. Because I know the, um, next year, next week's going to be an extended episode. Uh, it's not going to be like 
two hours, but I think it's going to be about an hour and 15 minutes when the majority of this season has been about 45 minutes to 50 minutes, a lot shorter than I'm used to power being. So you ready to get into the breakdown? Let's dive in. You want to go ahead and take us into the intro? All right. So we start with um, the aftermath of the last time we talked with uh, Gloria being killed. Um, looks like uh, Junior is in a state of shock as he's replaying in his mind what happened um, with this, you know, with the head on this on him. It uh, looks like he barely took a grazing of a bullet, but we know Gloria did not make it. Um, and this starts down the path of the father's planting this seed in everybody's mind that Tommy is behind all the bad things that happen to them. Uh, and he, and he, he's, he's very convincing in the fact that he gets his son to believe in it. Even though his son initially is like very, like this doesn't make sense. There's no logic to this. There's no logic behind Tommy, uh, being involved with this, but, um, he, 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 he convinces his son at least initially to kind of buy into it. Uh, what'd you think of, for one, the, the son and the, and the father's interaction and what is probably the hardest time of his son's life. And then this, the father's hell-bent idea that Tommy is behind this. I like the fact that Vin, uh, Vic, excuse me. I like the fact that Vic doesn't just jump on board with it. Like, I, I like that he has his doubts. Um, I still don't fully believe that Walter sold it well. You know, I guess he needed him. They needed him to believe it for for story's sake. But I was just like, yeah, on paper, this doesn't make any sense at all. Like, you know, Tommy legit tried to save him, and as ruthless as Tommy is, he he hasn't shown to Vic that like he'd be as ruthless as to to let Gloria die. So it's just like you know, I, I'm glad that he was he was definitely like kind of resisting the urge to just jump on board and go with it in this time of grief. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think and, some of it is sorry, I mean control, but some of it no, is, is uh two things: the grief is a part of it, and then I think also his ego is a part of it because his the, the father keeps trying to play it off as his Tommy is some type of jilted lover who's mad because Gloria chose. Uh, Vic over Tommy. When we, you know, we as the viewers know that's not the case. We know Tommy clearly has some feelings for this girl. He clearly cleared a lot about her, but he knew her for all of about two weeks. He wasn't so deeply in love with her that he would seek revenge because uh, he couldn't have her. Because he he broke her, he broke up with her. It, you know, for lack of, I mean, they don't know that, but you know, we know that. Indeed, and it pretty much just icing on the the father of the year congratulations cake for walter flynn the absolute worst um i was like i think i think he still probably could have done a decent job of selling um killing tommy without trying to throw him under the bus as such um he probably didn't even really need vic on board for that for real for real but this was definitely like yeah, this is all I need. This is this is the perfect excuse to go to war with these Serbs. Um, which up until this, Vic, I'm pretty sure Vic really wouldn't have cared that much. Um, but obviously, once he got hit twice uh, and glow going down, he like he didn't need any help selling a war with the Serbs. But like, I think he just he he got greedy. He was like, well, let's I can use this to get rid of Tommy Egan um, because obviously he's been getting a drop on me but he's been hanging out with my son. So I can use that to my advantage. Uh, you got anything else on this scene? Mm-mm. All right. So we find out that D Mac is the accountant, the money man, which is very trusting of Tommy. Hence the episode. 
I was I was kind of shocked by that. Like he let him, you know, be the money man. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we and also get on. Yeah, exactly. Well, he knows who he is. Quotation marks. Uh, but I also like that we get Tommy kind of playing mentor. That like, look, man, you you can do more than this, you know. But to me, and, that came off as very wrong because, like, if you really think he can do more than this, why are you employing him in this? It, it was like he was speaking out both sides of his faces because he was telling them, like, you're a genius. You can do all this stuff, stuff. You can be greater than this. But if you really think he can be greater than this, then you should, instead of letting him be a part of this, uh, you should do everything you can to keep him away from it. And I, and I think his logic is, well, at least if he's in it with me, there is some certain protection to it. There's some certain education I can give him. Um, but you really shouldn't, he really shouldn't have this mindset that if he really thinks his boy can be something greater than what Tommy is, that he would, he would keep him away from it. Or he'd find other ways to keep him close to him without involving him directly in this game. Uh, and maybe he thinks just count money is that because money is not going to put him really in danger. So, right. Um, I agree. Uh, and I like, I think realistically, um, no, he, he really should not be selling him this dream that he could do more. But I think universe wise, I think he sees that he sees the, the, the raw kind of like he sees a Tariq in him. Like Tariq was doing, he, and somehow doing well, um, a little mini empire, even though he didn't know the full extent, but like he saw that even though Tariq was a knucklehead, he, he kind of, he kind of tuned into the street stuff just a bit and, you know, made his, his business dealings move even while in school. Um, and I feel like he, th- I feel like Tommy may feel like you may not be able to, it may be too late for you to go to school, but you're smart enough to turn this into, you know, to a hustle, um, or a business, you know what I'm saying? Like most of our, uh, a lot of our favorite rappers allegedly start, came up selling drugs and made it legit. I think that maybe he's, he kind of sees it like you can do more than this. Um, also the ghost aspect of it, like, you know what I mean? Like don't don't feel like you need to be locked into this like like I did because my my brother he was also he started from this as well but you know what I mean he had dreams of bigger so you you know he didn't want to rob him of that like like he pretty much robbed ghost season one like man we ain't nothing but drug dealers we ain't never be nothing more than drug dealers I think he's we're seeing a little bit more growth in Tommy All right, anything else before we move on Mm-mm. so speaking of Mac, we we get a quick scene at uh, JP's house with his father and JP just going over the fallout of uh, calling Kate. Um, the main thing I took from that, you know, aside from the obvious, you know, heartfelt, I, I do, I did appreciate the the talk from his father um, that like, you know, you're not wrong for wanting to, to fill a connection. Um, and not, and I'm glad he didn't really like call him a dumbass or anything like that. Uh, but like we find out what DMAC his real name is. And that's Darnell. We got anything on that? Nah, like I said, they 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 have enough to make me care about JP enough to care about him and his daddy's talk. I mean, it was a sweet talk, and I think um, it's good to showcase stuff like that. Strong black uh, fathers uh, there for their sons, and not just uh, financially, but also emotionally, because he was giving his son a lot of emotional support. Uh, but I, I I just have a hard time grasping with some of the some of the secondary characters, uh, specifically JP, and then anything Diamond dealing with him and his girl. I, I you know I struggle so. Uh, I, I, I'm a, I'm a tiny bit invested with, uh, with JP just cause the, the family angle, um, intrigues me, but 
but Diamond's love life means absolutely nothing to me. Um, so from there we go to uh, we we get a really quick but nice scene between Liliana and Tommy where we see Liliana being being a not just a good you know right hand man but like a good friend mm-hmm. like her picking up like yo you off like something's on like what's going on um and it was just something about that scene and like the niceness of it you know and, and of course her throwing on the, the comedic you know you want a hug or something and tommy just being you know a dismissive and, and whatnot i was just like that this feels bad this feels really bad for liliana like i feel like they're setting us up to take her away from us mm-hmm. did you have any thoughts on that no, just the same thing. I think all this Liliana being his right hand man and bonding with him and all these, cause I just called it a cute scene. Just these cute moments that they have with each other. I think it's just setting up because she ain't long for this world. Something bad gonna happen to her. Um, and I don't know if it's gonna be in this war, uh, but I think they they doing too much to get us invested in uh, her and Tommy's bond to have her long long term. Something bad gotta happen to her. So we just gotta wait and see. Maybe they maybe it's all a red herring, but. They said they they give us too much sweetness and goodness with Liliana to right. make me think that nothing bad is not going to happen to her. Right. Um, so from there we get a really quick scene with Claudia. Um, Let's say know, it was make, just to have two uh, attractive women kissing each other. That was yeah. literally the entire purpose of this scene. Yeah, it, yeah. It, you could have we could have had this this you know <laughs> she could have got that phone call without the need of because for a second there, i was like oh is it setting up her new little her new little fling mm-hmm. and no she immediately dismisses this chick uh right, for all that they could have just had uh her just come into the house and yeah, rushing exactly. saying, they told me you got shot um but yeah. they just wanted to, i swear they just wanted the scene with these two women kissing go into the rest of the scene just to titillate us um but you know <laughs> she she basically gets the call really kicks the girl out of the car and then she rushes to um the family house and uh it is just the brother and sister talking again um the brother kind of floats the idea that tommy's behind it and then claudia's the, the more the most reasonable and rational one of the entire flynn family she's like doesn't make sense uh from what i know of tommy or what we know of tommy it, it, i think she, i think they all basically said the same thing if tommy wanted you dead you'd be dead um it, it, he wouldn't play all these games that of setting you up with the serves knowing this type of stuff um, so they try. So she tries to talk some sense into him, and immediately the father comes in, and he starts guilting them with this family thing. Um, he he's really using that family trump card on them to try to get them to fall in line. And this Vic almost dying is probably the best thing to happen for him, um, even though it could have been tragic. Because oh yeah, it, it came, he came up. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, no, go I'm ahead. Let you keep, I'm going to let you keep going. But yeah, no, he but came basically, up. He, uh, he reunited his family. This tragedy yeah. reunited his family when he was on the verge of losing them. I mean, Vic was leaving town when he got hit. Yep. And Gloria's gone. Yeah. One of like, the biggest obstacles. Yeah. Go ahead and go into that next scene, the uh, the morning coffee scene, and uh, Polly. Hold on. I've got to see what. Wait, wait, wait. Wait, wait. My bad. You're good. You're good. I'm trying to remember what. Uh, what was the morning call what is that what, so that uh, there's a quick scene with Liliana and Tommy you know discussing like money behind cereal boxes oh, okay. but there's there's not much in there but uh, that next morning cause yes everything oh, okay. everything you said I, I totally agree with um, cause I, I unless you have something on that that particular uh, scene with uh, Tommy and uh, oh no they didn't do anything they were just kind of yeah talking. not much I they mean, were pretty much just like she was pretty much just letting somebody yeah. got shot. Oh, the, the right. plane was hit, and he didn't know, and she didn't know the status of glow. 
Right. Um, so the next scene is the, the coffee scene where she, excuse me, where Father Flynn finally lets Claudia in. Mm-hmm. Um, she He tells her that, like, I'm, cutting, I'm putting together a war room and I want you in it. And Claudia finally given the respect that the chance more so that she's always wanted from her father. It's she's she's in. She's still obviously, you know, um, apprehensive about the Tommy angle because it makes absolutely no sense whatsoever. Uh, But she's ecstatic that her father, you know, let her in and is asking for her input and her her full participation. Um. From yeah, I mean, there, he, really played his, he, he was really playing oh, his yeah. kids uh, oh, in yeah. this scene as well. He really got her, finally gave her exactly what she wanted after she had been begging for it um, since we'd known her, nine episodes, uh, and probably her entire life. So, yeah, he, he he's playing it smooth. Um, and then, like I said, you go from that right to him putting that, putting it back on the thing with his son. But go ahead, I didn't mean to cut you off. Nope, you're, no, no, you're good. You're good. Um, but yeah, he, he absolutely, like I said, he came up in this thing like all all the chips fell in his favor um and like no one outside of his daughter up until this point and i think that's what he that's what it was like he i think the main reason he brought her in was because he he really he felt like he hadn't sold her on the tommy angle um which she she probably should have done a better job of playing it off for the simple fact that like outside of their their business relationship she she has no real reason to suspect tommy you know for it or not because she should have no to her father's knowledge should have no contact with tommy should have had no contact with tommy um but i also understand her kind of being like no i don't think it's him because that's her business partner um which this whole time i'm like well if she's in line with them like unless she's trying to play double agent like clearly business is done uh but yeah it was it was you know the father landed on flick excuse me the father landed on thick as you uh, as you stated uh but we get polly our voice of reason uh trying to you know be the voice of reason and stop bloodshed before it happens but also again as we've stated not buying the Tommy angle because as we stated, if Tommy wanted him dead, he'd have been dead. There's no reason for him to go through the Serbs. Um, but now we, you know, father Flanagan Flynn, sorry, his name, his, the actor's name is Flanagan. His last name is Flanagan. That's why I keep getting them mixed up. But, um, father Flynn, he's ready for war and he's called in the four horsemen trademark. Uh, any thoughts on that before we move on? Nah, like I said, Mustache was doing his best, and Flynn is hell bent on just. This is back to his stubbornness. He he, it got to be his way or the way he wants to do it, as opposed to anything that actually makes sense. So, um, he like I said, he calls in these four horsemen, uh, and they, they we'll talk you know, talk about when they come, but they look like the worst. One dude looked crazy. Oh yeah, oh yeah, nuts. Not not nuts. Crazy is like he's supposed to be a killer. I'm talking about the one, not the main dude. It was like this bald head fat guy. We'll get to it later. My, I mean, the derailer. Let's, let's, you're let's good. You're one. good. <laughs> you're good. Uh, so, meanwhile, at the lab, uh, I pretty much just kind of 
kind of bunch this all in. There's a couple of like little quick out of the lab scenes, but they, they're not that big to me. Uh, poor JP tries to contact Kate again just to find out the number is disconnected. She turned that phone all fast as hell. It's classic Kate. Dang, that's messed up. Like no, <laughs> no trail, no trace. I still think she's going to pop up, honestly. Oh, of, course, of course. Um, but you know, she'll, that... she'll show up at her mother's house one day. Yeah. Right. Uh, we get that. We get a, we get a quick payday. Um, <laughs> I, I like, I, I like the doctor showed up for her quick check for this episode. She had maybe, maybe a one line and then she was gone. Uh, but we get, we get a real interesting thing that I, I, I thought was really interesting. Uh, JP addict slowly becoming addicted to the game because mm-hmm. he, he's like, like hey man thank you he, he starts off real genuine hey man thank you for this opportunity like i'm really getting close to to taking care of business and uh time's like yeah man and as soon as we're done you're out and he's like whoa well well you know maybe not just so fast and tommy understandably is like yo like this is not what we agreed on like don't i'm i, I don't want you addicted to the game because that's not this isn't for you and i'm not trying to get you pulled into this um what did you think about that particular scene before we we kind of move on to their next interaction i mean jp was just getting greedy uh something that we see common in a lot of these things with people who have been struggling for a long time and then they run into some money and then they don't want to give it up they always say well i got a goal and, and when i get my goal i'm be out of this um but when they see that money come in and he probably thinks he's not doing a lot of work to get it and it's a nice payday he don't want to give it up so easy uh, so that's gonna be uh, that's gonna be an interesting challenge when we get kind of further down the season as to when he actually hits the goal and he's out of debt. Uh, does Tommy allow him to stay, or or is Tommy gonna be strong with his word and, and really not involve his brother deeply in, in what Tommy knows is gonna be a mess of a life? So I, I'm interested to see how they. That was something that was kind of interesting about JP because he never really showed a greedy side before, and, and all of a sudden he was coming off as very greedy. Indeed, indeed. So there's another scene in between there, which I want to get to separately. But we're going to come back to Tommy and JP, where they have this quick moment where they they both have something they want to share with each other. Tommy obviously wants to tell him that he found his son. Um, and but first, JP wants to come clean. And he he tells him that he contacted Kate and Tommy spazzes out uh just flips he you know because he he knows the type of person his mother is mm-hmm. and the the shit storm that she brings and just loses it um because it was literally the one thing he he didn't want him to do with this knowledge um obviously storms out and doesn't share his his news how did you feel about that yeah, I mean, I, I'm not shocked by Tommy's uh, anger because, you know, he really does hate his mom for the last thing that she did to him. When she basically said she wished it was ghosts that was still alive and he was dead. Um, so, I mean, it, it's wild. But, and that always confused me. I wonder how JP got the number. At first, I thought when he called her that Tommy had given him the number. Um, but for some, somehow, how did he get Kate's number when Kate got to be one of those women who, like you saw in this thing, changes cell phones like, you know, most people change underwear. So I was shocked that... Uh, um. I think, and I'd have to rewatch it. I think the other pod, the the only other podcast that I listen to in regards to power, after we record ours, of course, um, I believe they stated that 
the the episode that uh, the grandmother dies when he's out at the front desk. I think he's asking for um, for an emergency contact. Um, and if he wasn't asking for it, then they had to give it to him when she died. But it seemed like though, Kate wasn't in contact with her, her mother either. Like, yeah, but seem to be in contact with her mother, and her mother would have her current cell phone number. Uh, but I mean that we, you know, that's you know, we nitpicking stuff that doesn't really make any sense. Uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, is Tommy justified in it? Uh, I think he is uh, justified in being upset with. I mean, having his feelings towards Kate, but he also got to be understanding of his brother and what his brother has been longing for a mother his, his entire lives. You know, these guys are like forty something years old. Um, so I wish he would have been a little bit more the the more evolved Tommy instead of the hothead. Right, um, but you know they—they they, actually I don't think they make up because something bad happens. But uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. I got a feeling they will make up at some point. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully, unless something tragic happens in this next episode. Uh, but speaking of hotheads, our young hotheads, D Mac and Marshall, they uh, they reconcile. Um, he gave which up too I was, soon, huh? Like he made up with him too easy. I, like I said, the, the pacing of the show. Like if you if you know you're getting more than one season, this doesn't happen until end of season two, maybe season three. Um, but like I said, at, I think this was one of the things that like, well, the whole episode in, in itself. But like this was another like nail in that coffin of like, yeah, they got to they got to get things moving because while they were recording this, while they were filming this, um, the season ends in the next episode. So, like, yeah, you're absolutely right. This definitely happens too soon. Um, but I, I appreciated it. Um, you know, two little young knuckleheads. Because I think a lot of dudes, some dudes fall out and 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 sometimes can make up. You know, it may not always be this soon. But, um, you know, the fact that Marshall was actually willing to, like, own up to how he screwed him over. Um, but young hotheads are going to young hothead. And they immediately get to scheming and clearly uh, D-Mac showing his father's kind of um, happy-go-lucky ambition comes up with a plan, a dangerous plan at that, which we'll get to later. You got anything on that? Nah, I mean, I just felt like it happened too quickly. Like, with the first time he, I got the opportunity to betray his friend, he betrayed him, and he forgave him and like within a two-minute conversation but i also remember when i was a, when i was a young guy uh i used to get in fights with my best you know my best friend at the time all the time we used to fight over all types of dumb stuff and then by the end of the day we, we, we'd have been made up or been playing some video games together like it was nothing so i gotta just put myself in a young person's mindset indeed indeed uh the next scene i i could care less about uh seamus bennigan this was weird um i i don't care but the only thing that i that i wrote down about it is i hate the trope of the greedy scammer who puts somebody in a jam it's the same thing in movies i hate that trope it's like okay i caught you with this much money i want this much money in an unreasonable amount of time and it's just like dude if i agree to your demands business dictates that it's better for you to just wait our regular business date if i'm if i'm being if i'm being like consistent like you trying to put me in a jam is only going to make me a one of a few things happens i'm going to get i'm going to get pinched and you ain't getting no money 
I'm going to get desperate and you're going to get killed. Or in the one of a million chance that the writing's on my side, you might get the money. But like that usually only works once. And that, you know, in the event that it does work once, the greedy scammer always tries to to force it again. And that's what forces uh, the person getting pinched hand. So it's like, I, I just hate that trope. Um, if we, you know, if you're going to make us put up with this fourth level storyline, like, just give me, you know, shake it up a bit. Give me a patient scammer. You know what I mean? A patient blackmailer. You know, do something different. Like, I'm tired of that. Anything else before we move on that? I know. Like I said, they just kind of shoehorn a, you know, a fifth secondary, a fifth story into it. So I, I had no interest in this, these two weirdo cops. So from there we get, uh, we get the four horsemen arriving. They, you know, they look intimidating as they, they're supposed to. Um, I, I like, I don't know, man. I like Polly's cool demeanor in, in any situation. Um, I don't know. You ain't got to do much. You just like, you just kind of post it up outside the SUV. Like, I mean, y'all scary, but I ain't scared. Picking them up. Picking them yeah. up. But yeah. You know. Go back and watch those four. It was this one guy, man. He like losing <laughs> his hair. He like kind of portly. I was like, this dude is not intimidating at all. I couldn't believe he could beat anybody in any type of thing. But maybe that's part of his uh, yeah, skill set. Probably be the unassuming one that's the most dangerous, maybe. Uh, but speaking of dangerous, back to the loft where we're... We're reintroduced to pissed off Psycho Tommy. Uh, he's been ghosted by Claudia. Obviously, he's still pissed off from the news that he just received. And uh, I don't think Liliana fully understands the bear she's poking, you know, with the whole torture talk and just kind of like. But still kind of checking on him. But uh, yeah, we, we're, we're getting we're getting back to to old school Tommy, who's who's angry and on a mission. You got anything on that? Uh, now, nah, this was kind of just a scene just setting up uh, Tommy being upset, but also blind to the fact that uh, he knows that he thinks they're going to war and he, he doesn't know, realize he's in the crosshairs. Uh, so it, it was it was very interesting. I mean, it wasn't interesting, but it was a, it was a, a kind of a, a quick builder to, to what's going to come later down the line. Indeed, indeed. Would you like to talk about what's going down at the barber shop that no one gets their hair cut at? <laughs> All right. <laughs> what a, and what a place to have this conversation loud as possible, knowing that this is your brother's primary business and the place he's always at. So uh, we we get Jay, Gennard, and Blackston talking about his favorite topic, how much he hates Tommy, how Tommy is the cause of all his problems. Um, and he's finally ready to let Blackston know about his plan that he has started with E. How all the stuff he's talking about with his brother is all for show, and he wants his spot back on top of CBI. Um, so they, they're down there have this loud conversation and of course Diamond shows up uh, he overhears it all and like a smart player uh, um, doesn't let anything be known um, and, and it's weird because his brother comes upstairs and gives him the fake hug and he says how's everything going and they both lie and say they didn't know the other was in the other location um, but at this point we know well Diamond knows everything that we know as far as the, as the viewers and I'm I'm curious to see where he's going to go long term with his plan, because uh, he doesn't really show anything. He doesn't kind of dictate what his next move is. He just plays it off like he doesn't know what's up. So, what do you think of Gennard finally being over it all and wanting to shot back at the throne? Uh, again, making peace with the fact that you know pacing, 
uh, that this had to happen now. I, I again, I, and I might say this a few more times for, for the listeners. I'm sorry. I'm really interested to see what this next season brings. Uh, because yeah, this this was one of those things that I would have liked. I would have liked a little more cat and mouse because I feel like that game is going to end very quick. Um, but yeah, I was just like, I think. I think this was set in motion when they had that first meeting, when him and E had that first meeting in the barbershop where he was just like, where they were kind of sneaking around. I think that was set up that they were going to, they were going to get caught there of all places. Um, but yeah, uh, Gennard is, like you said, he's moved up his plan. He's ready to take the throne now. And um, great acting on the actor playing diamond, uh, just the, the hurt and the anger. Uh, but also uh, convincingly being able to turn it off and, you know, just welcome them with open arms when they came upstairs. Um, but I I do think there was something in that uh, love you, little bro. Like, I think it was just kind of his way of saying, like, yeah, I I really do love you. But at some point, just like I got to go, you got to go, even though you don't know that I know if any of that made sense to you mm -hmm. listeners. <laughs> uh, so we get the confrontation between Tommy and Claudia. Uh, tense, very well done. Um, and I, I, Tommy's track record with her doesn't quite help his case. Um, so I think that was a good little turn of events because she didn't want to, I feel like she truly didn't want to believe that, um, he was the one who acted and, you know, getting her brother shot. Um, but, you know, given his, his past track record, like she has every right to think it, even though it's still a flimsy story. And Tommy even says himself what we've been saying. Say it with us, listeners. If he wanted him dead, he'd already be dead. Mm -hmm. uh, but she does give him the warming. Watch your back. Yeah, I think she saw in his face when 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 um she mentioned that Gloria died, and I think it was some good acting on uh uh Tommy's uh not Tommy but the actor's part. Uh, yeah, he really had part. a nice um look on his face, like he was really shocked by it. And I think she 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 truly believed in that moment that he had nothing to do with the attack or her brother. Um, and that's why she gave him the warning at the end, like, hey, you know, watch your back. And that, you know, I think that was enough to let him know what what the, what the true situation is, because he immediately started putting his plan into place, because uh, he knew the Flint, well, at least Senior was gunning for his head. Indeed, indeed. So, speaking of two uh, two storylines we don't really care about, Seamus gets desperate and robs Diamond. Uh, Diamond in his new Zen state after being pistol whipped. <clears throat> Uh, still tries to talk Seamus down. Um, the actor playing Seamus, I feel like, is a great actor. But the character he's playing is in the wrong show. Um, it's something about his delivery when talking to Diamond. I, I don't know what it was. It just something seemed a little off. Uh, but I was really, I was like, I was, that was a whole, I was, that was a whole bunch of I was likes. I was curious to see how this was going to play out in regards to. I'm surprised that he didn't try to take all the money, but I guess a little bit of reasoning in him 
was just like, you know what? It'd be a death wish for me to rob this dude completely blind because then I got to kill him. But just take what I need. Diamond, or, you know, the enlightened one that he is, gives him extra. So I don't know if that was like maybe like a you owe me extra fee or what. But I thought that was a little interesting. You want to get on that? Uh, I mean, I think he might have felt that he owed him from what he did to his sister. Uh, so maybe that was a reason why he was so willing to not uh, kind of probably had the same uh, wrath for Seamus if it had been a regular stick up kid or somebody else trying to rob him. So I think a lot of it was the guilt of what happened to his sister, of you know what happened to Seamus's sister, and I think he also understood. Like he was trying to relate with him. Like we both ended up in messed up situations and probably not where we wanted to start in life. Um, so it was it was it was a cool scene for what it was. Like I said, I'm just not into Seamus as a character, but I didn't hate this scene because I did like the uh, the interaction um, and kind of the dialogue between these two parties. So it kept me kind of engaged, even though once again, th th this could something they could have say for a different episode. It didn't really flow. It didn't really flow with the rest of what happened in this episode. Right. Indeed, indeed. Um, I don't. I mean, Diamond then goes and meets with Adrian. Do do we do we need to get into that? All, I don't know what happened. All I got is born reporter scene. That's literally what I got in my notes. I don't even remember what they talked about. Okay. It was basically, and, and I'm I'm gonna paraphrase it because it it. I mean, it's part of the story, but it wasn't that that interesting enough to me either. Uh, he pretty much just shares with her that the person he he thought someone was someone else wait a minute that's that's what i was about to say it was about to be even more gibberish than what i used to be saying it's basically his way of saying that like his brother isn't the person he thought he was um and her stepping away from actually doing the, the piece on him because she's so down with him now blah 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 blah, blah. this pretty much sets up tommy trying to call in another favor to which diamond I'm I'm very shocked in this. Not shocked, but like I I appreciated how this went down. Where Diamond pretty much just said no. Like usually in TV shows and movies, the person can be talked over or bought. But Diamond's like no. Like I meant what I said. I already went down with the Serbs once. I'm not taking on the Flins because one, I'm not trying to get into a war that's going to put me back in jail. And two, and kind of unbeknownst to him, I'm good with the Flins. I'm with with at least Vic. So why am I trying to start a street war with these cats? Like that does not benefit my interest at all. Mm -hmm. um, anything on that? And you want to go into where Tommy does end up finding help? No, I mean it just made sense. It's like we got to remember Tommy only been in for like a, a month at the most, and nobody in their right mind will put their all into going to a war over a guy that they barely know. And at this point, had no business dealings with. They already separated their business thing. So um, I, I'm just like that they didn't make Diamond an idiot. They like they made him be a realistic, smart, rational person. Um, and and he would tell Tommy no because he has no ties to Tommy. He has no obligation to him. And like he already told him, the marker was already the favor he already owed him. He already paid him back. Um, so they were smart on Diamond's part. Um, you know, at some point they're gonna find a way to push all these guys back together. Uh, but I think in the in the moment it was a excellent move by Diamond. Uh, and then. Which led to a, a a thing that didn't make any sense to me. Tommy goes to the Serbs, who he was literally just killing about three episodes ago, and they never really got any revenge for it. Um, but I guess for the amount of two million dollars, Tommy has his army 
Um, and he also got to have some fun revenge of his own. You want to talk a little bit about your feelings on it? Um, you know what's crazy? Like, I, surprisingly, I didn't piece that together until the rewatch. Um, that, you know, after the, the business dealings, I thought he just killed a random dude. <laughs> that happened to be, you know, the, the twin of the guy that he killed, you know, earlier. Um, because I thought the line was strange that when he said, you know, I'm sorry for, you know, I'm sorry for your mother. Like, I didn't understand that. I thought that was his way of saying that he wasn't going to tell Tommy who, who, uh, who put the hit out, who, who carried out the hit. But, uh, he, that was actually his way of telling him that like, yeah, you're about that. You over there, you're about to die. Um, but hilarious, uh, because you know, Tommy, Tommy being Tommy, quick draw McGraw, quick quick draw McGraw, uh, puts old boy down, uh, with the cheap shot kill. Anything else on that before we move on? Mm-mm. I mean, business is booming though. Tommy came up with two million dollars, and I feel like they barely been moving on Dolly but a couple of weeks. So business uh, is definitely is definitely booming. And he, I, it looked like he had to clean himself out to do it. But I guess, you know, if you're dead, you can't spend any of that money. Mm-hmm. So, hey, blow before you go. So, cousin buddy. Uh, Freddie Gibbs is is killing this role. Um, we get our, our, our young hotheads uh, trying to shark tank it again with the wrong dude. Because cousin buddy is, he's, he ain't with it. Y'all up here with nothing, and uh, why are you talking to me? No money, no product, like, you, you got nothing for me. But I think it was hilarious that he immediately goes, you know what, kill these little kids in broad daylight. Mm-hmm. And then, um, <laughs> dude was like, <laughs> you're like, oh, back up, you're in these personal space, <laughs> and shoots the ground. Well, I think he thought he was shooting the ground, but he popped out <laughs> a light bulb, a headlight, and... I, I'm sorry. I was too busy laughing because dude is is wild. Uh, but the young boys make a, a very dangerous play. Um, and D-Mac is doing this unbeknownstly on Tommy's behalf. What did you think about that? I mean, like I said, they, they were ambitious. Um, I don't know even how they got access to Dolly because Tommy was, I thought, like how they get the brick to begin with? Like from what we know, the boy doesn't involve himself with the drugs. He only deals with the money. So I was a little confused about that part of it, um, especially when he kind of goes until Tommy's just playing later on. Uh, but there's nothing else. These kids is definitely ballsy. Um, they went. They almost lost their lives. But at the end of the day, they possibly have a deal with Gary. Um, you know, we learned that that deal is not going to come to fruition for a couple of reasons. But give them an A for effort. If nothing else, they ambitious little kids um, and not just waiting, to, you know. But unfortunately, that's going to be their downfall because they're not willing to wait their turn or be patient in this game. They want to rush to being kingpins without learning any of the baby steps. Indeed, indeed. So we get Claudia seeing Tommy with Mirkovich. Yeah, that was another My confusing qu- scene because why was she there to begin with? Why was she going right? To it looked Tommy? like she had her hand in her jacket, and I'm like, yo, is she about to try and? Pull the, you know, do a broad daylight hit by herself. Like, like, 
this takes desperation to please the family to a whole nother level. Mm-hmm. Um, because it really looks like she's, you know, like holding one. But, you know, she sees Tommy there and, and bails out. And this is when I tell you this was the best stroke of luck for uh, for Flynn. Like he didn't he he didn't even set this in motion. This just fell into his lap. This was luck from luck of the writers, not luck of the Irish, but luck of the writers. Because damn it, that put Claudia on board. Um, because it makes no sense for real, for real, for Tommy to be talking to the Serbs uh, from their standpoint. Uh, but Father Flynn, and you can see how happy he was. Like he couldn't even speak. Like you would think he would be ecstatic to be like, "See, I told you." But like he. I think that was his way of piecing together like, oh, shit, like I was trying to kill two birds with one stone. And now the two birds are working together to kill me. I may have I, I like this worked out for my in my favor, but I also may have messed up. What did, what did you think about that in her report back to her family? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, like I said, I mean, it, it worked out a perfect coincidence for uh, the father because he got exactly what he wanted. Had she not seen that, I think she was kind of leaning towards the fact that Tommy wasn't involved. And maybe she was even going there to ask. You know, we we, we never get to know what she was actually going there to do because she sees Tommy outside talking to him and she the, sees they aren't at war with each other. And she goes back to her dad and he gets exactly what he wants. Now, everybody in his family is fully committed. They pledge their undying loyalty to him. No questions asked. Uh, and the Flynn family move one step closer to all out war with the Serbs and also, you know, our favorite character, Mr. Egan. So from there, that starts off the spark of this last uh, sequence of events where shit hits the fan. Um, meanwhile, in the CBI hideout, uh, a.k.a. Gennard's Playhouse, um, and this is this is just off-screen nonsense, uh, they piece together that the little young knuckleheads have gone down to Gary to to try to make a move they, of their own. Um, and they also find, well, they piece together that the only reason this could have happened, which and this is the way it happens, is because D-Max somehow connected up with uh, with Tommy. So now Tommy and the young boys got to go. Uh, D-Max goes and uh confesses to oh, another we have another one of those i gotta tell you something oh i gotta tell you something too mm-hmm. uh moments where dmac comes clean first and tells them that like yo we we met up we we set up a whole connect deal which ambitious as it is this is that's not your move to make uh tommy of course blows up again <laughs> on another family member mm-hmm and uh, in his in his rage, calms himself down enough to tell <laughs> to tell D Mac that he's his uncle. And D Mac's response was so wild, but also I was like, "Yeah, I kind of get it. <laughs> I don't know about the whole pulling a gun out part, but like, yeah, um, it was wild. It was wild. Um, and I love I love the you know the fact that Tommy kind of smooths it out." after he blows up on him because everything he said made sense. Like you don't know, you don't know these guys for real, for real. And I don't know these guys. I don't know if I can trust them. And you're making me question whether or not I can trust you. I, I love the, the running theme of the episode. Uh, but yeah, we gotta, you know, we gotta work together on this. So, um, Tommy follows D Mac to his little, you know, 
his time capsule hiding mm-hmm. spot. And, um, you know, they talk it out. And I love the fact that D-Mac is like, he's kind of on board with it. He doesn't even really ask the logistics. Like, how the hell is your white ass my my uncle? But, like, I love the part, I love the fact that he's like, yo, I, I ain't calling you Uncle Tommy. <laughs> like, what about Tom? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I, you know, Uncle Tom, hilarious. Um, But he said, you got to tell him, you're the adult genius you want to go into that and into the final uh the final scenes i mean it was just, it was just funny like uh start with the d mac and his tantrum when he went, went storming out of the room it's like it's not that big of news uh the, you know why was he so upset about it uh but i guess because uh, he already knew that tommy and jp were friends or he knew that they had some type of connection because he saw him through the window um but i guess it was just a shock to him that, that this guy was his uncle i guess he was more upset that i guess tommy didn't tell him um well, you know, typical teenage reaction. Uh, it was funny, though, uh, when he goes to see him, they both agreed to it. I think he had some good points. Like, dog, I'm, I'm still a kid. Even though I'm doing this grown-up stuff and I'm out here running around with guns and doing crazy things. In the day, we got to remember, J, uh, J Mac, T, D Mac is just a kid. Uh, and he's kind of kind of trying to find his place in this world. Um, so, so it was crazy. Um, he told him he should have been way more responsible. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was just nuts. Um, but then we, you know, it kind of leads into from family, family bonding and happy to finally connect with each other to tragedy almost immediately when how they know where they are. That's the one thing about the show. People seem to always know where everybody else is in this giant city. Uh, how do they know where D-Mac was and where Tommy was to even have this drive by? Um, they start shooting all things breaking loose. Of course, Tommy, the man of steel, doesn't duck. For cover, doesn't hide anywhere, stands perfectly still in the middle of all these bullets, gets off a perfect headshot from probably uh, 100 yards away, uh, and um, isn't hit at all. But of course, poor D Mac takes one in the gut. Um, I, I love the fact, even though it's a tragic scene, I love the fact that he he immediately screams out, Uncle Tommy. Tommy. Yeah. Um, which, you know, way to, way to tug it, way to tug at us. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, you know, in tra- and I think this is one of those things that uh you 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 know what's going to happen when you get old enough and you watch enough TV and movies. Oh, uh, as soon up, as they yeah. pulled up, I was like, "Well, D-Mac shot." Of course. Uh, <laughs> it was like cuz why not? You you killed Glow in the first, last episode. Uh, you know, here we are. Um so they meet at the hospital. He calls JP and JP has the the correct response um, because, yeah, he had he had he not stormed out after the Kate news and had he, you know, had he told him right then and there, there's a good chance that D-Mac doesn't get shot. Yeah, and in a way he told him was very weird. Like he was him and hard about it. Like he was like, remember that kid who uh, keeps messing up your club? Like I said, he said, no, that's your son. And dude was like, yeah, I remember him. What the fuck I care about him for? He was like, you get, he basically was like, you get what you get. Um, but it was like weird the way Tommy was telling him this information. Instead of saying, this kid is your son, he went through all these extra identifiers um, before getting to the point. And then, of course, JP was rightly pissed um, because as soon as you found out this information, if you really are uh, my family and my brother and, and out for my best interest and you know it's not like it's a secret how many times him and Tommy have talked about the fact that he misses his son, how he lost contact with his son, and he was dying and desperate to get his son back into his life. 
So for the fact that Tommy would hesitate even for a second to tell him, um, just kind of betrays Tommy's, um, this whole thing that they're trying to build that Tommy really has love and respect for his brother. Uh, so I didn't like the way that Tommy was kind of not divulging this information. Um, but it, it led to a, 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 you know, a pretty powerful scene where, uh, JP was like, you know, F everything else. My son is fighting for his life and I got to go be with him outside of anything else that's going on. Um, so I respect the JP for that, even though I'm not a huge JP fan in general. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, I think, you know, he, he was a victim of the writing. Cause I think in, in, you know, in decently paced stuff, I think he tells JP sooner because he doesn't have a real reason to keep it from him. Um, I think this is, he's a victim of the writing. This is, this was a way to, to put tension between him and JP. Cause now JP can hold it over his head that like you knew and you didn't tell me. Um, because he, what Tommy, did Tommy find out the last episode or was it the episode before last? It was last uh, episode. Was last because episode. that's when he, that's yeah, that's when he brings them both in. Um, so yeah, like I think he, I think victim of the writing, uh, but the episode concludes with the Flynn's getting ready for war. Um, the only thing that was noteworthy was, uh, the leader of the four horsemen. We're just going to call him the leader, uh, feels the need to make a, a, uh, a, a, take a jab at Claudia, mm, um, for being present. Remark. Right. But finally, Da stands up for her and tells him that, like, look, she in this, we in this. Mm-hmm. Get ready for war. And they actually looked a little surprised at, like, because I'm pretty sure they get they get called in on, like, here's a couple of targets I need you to just take just take down. Um, I'm pretty sure they didn't get on that plane thinking that they were straight up going to war. Uh, so, yeah, the Flins are ready for battle. And it appears that Tommy... And uh, his his new uh, newly acquired Serb troops are uh, also ready for battle, and we shall see how it all plays out in our season finale. Mm-hmm. Any final thoughts, sir? No, I mean, like I said, it was a, it was a good episode. Um, I just wish I feel like they they could get maybe they'll stretch it out, but I think they could have got a lot more if this was how the, the season ended. If season one ended with uh, you know, they spent the whole year with Tommy building up his partnership with Claudia and all these types of things, and then at the end. They go to war with the Flans. I would be like, oh, that's a good way to set up season two. And then having the war be a part of season two. But it seems like they're going to kind of cram the entire war all in one episode next week. Um, so if they do that, it's going to be action-packed and probably fun. But I think it's going to be a little bit disappointing. It, yeah. Um, just because it it borderline has to be. Um, because you can't, you can only do but so much in that allotted amount of time. Um like I'm curious, like a part of me wants to look up exactly how long the episode's going to be. Um, but not to further disappoint myself or anything like that. But the truth of the matter is, it's just like, there's only but so much you can do. There's only but so much you can do with that, with that allotted time. Um, so, you know, we'll see what happens. We'll see where CBI falls into this. Uh, we'll see where, what diamond decides to get into because right now he the only person he has on his side really is his newfound woman but she ain't i don't think she gonna be you know john wicking it mm-hmm. um and he doesn't know just how many cbi dudes are in with Jannard. uh we gonna see what gary does uh when they they probably when they clearly don't hear back from dmac 
does that does that automatically kill Marshall? Um, does DMAC make it? Does he get to have his heart to heart with his father? Um, does Kate make a surprise appearance? Do they take our beloved Liliana? We're going to find out in the season finale next week, ladies and gentlemen. Um, so as always, hit us up in the comments, email us, uh, mainly comments. Uh, you know where to find us. If you don't, check all the tags. Um, Off the Clock Podcast, O-F-F-T-H-A, who is me. The PLP Podcast, or Conversations with Carlos Diaz, him. Power Post Game Report. Anything else, sir, before we get up out of here? Hi, man. Looking forward to next week. Indeed. So with that being said, I'm one half of your host, Triple D, and with me as always is... It's Carlos D. And we'll see you guys next time.